following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. From preps to pros and everything in between, it's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Live from the Lee Company Studio with the Hall of Famer Mo Patton. Here's Chris Yow. Welcome into a Wednesday edition. It is Hump Day here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today in our first full week since before Christmas and our last full week before next week <laughs> because we won't have a full week next week here. But we do have a fantastic show lined up for you today in the we are excited and glad to be with you here on this Wednesday edition and hope that you guys are buckled up because we have, again, a great show with a couple of great guests. But of course, we have the fantastic co-host, Mo Patton. Mo, what's going on? Not much, man. I, I appreciate you mentioning what day of the week it is because... They're starting They're to run together. together here. Yeah. So Wednesday, Wednesday. Yeah. It day. is in fact Wednesday. Okay. And cool. Feeling good about it. Feeling yeah. good. Yeah. That being said, that makes it wild and wacky Wednesday, Mo, which means we will get the weirdest and wildest news from across the world a little bit later today, which is always fun. And Missing our dumb criminals. We haven't had any dumb criminals lately, and we'll have to we'll have to find some of those. Hold my fill in the blank. Huh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, man. Again, great show lined up. We got Chris Lee from southeastern14.com, VandySports.com, whatever you want to call him. Uh, he's, he's with he's with a couple multi talented, multi talented, and uh, multi published. Also. Pete Weber will join us in hour number two to talk about the surging and first place Nashville Predators. Who'd have thunk it? Not I. Then again, I don't think anybody saw the Preds coming. They were supposed to be in a competitive rebuild. Didn't know it was going to be this competitive. I don't well, think uh, the the emphasis on competitive apparently <laughs> clearly. Yeah. So yeah, and, and I'm back at home with an actual you know microphone, which is nice. I'm not having to yell at you through my computer. This is it's always good, good when stuff works. Yeah, technology, all the thing yeah. when it works. But. Before we get into all of the things that we have to get into, including some wild and wacky sports news that Mo will we'll get into in the top stories, we have to give you yesterday's results, today's very short schedule, all on The Rundown. This is The Rundown. In girls' high school basketball action from Tuesday night, Lawrence County went south and defeated Athens, Alabama, 43-14. It was Hampshire, 70, Mount Pleasant, 45. Loretta with a 72-35 win over Wayne County. And Fayetteville defeated Richland, 46-37. 
Santa Fe, Edge Perry County, 51-50 at home. It was Oakland getting past Columbia Central. I guess that's a comeback because Columbia Central was winning at halftime, right? In a comeback mm-hmm. fashion, 59-47 over the Lady Lions. It was Summit falling in double overtime to Franklin, 49-42. And Columbia Academy's girls, a 52-45 winner over Franklin Road Academy. In boys' action, Lawrence County completed the road sweep with a 63-61 win at Athens, Alabama. Fairview with a 73-69 win over Independence despite a 40-point effort from sophomore guard Jet Montgomery. Mount Pleasant defeated Hampshire 62-54, and it was a Loretto 71, Wayne County 51. Also, <laughs> Richland defeating Fayetteville 48, uh, 47-34. Santa Fe down Perry County, 78-63. It was Columbia Central, an 84-76 winner over the Patriots of Oakland. Franklin edged the Summit Boys, 41-39. No overtimes needed there, but close. Columbia Academy did need overtime as they defeated Franklin Road Academy, 58-55 in the extra frame. And Zion Christian, a 47-35 winner over Cornersville. In high school wrestling action on Tuesday, Summit's boys defeated Eagleville 46-30 and Riverdale 48-12. The Summit Lady Spartans with a 24-22 win over Riverdale on the mats. In NBA action, as we were saying off air, I don't think Memphis is going to lose ever again. (laughs) 110-106 over the Cavaliers with Brad Jones. Former BGA basketball standout Brad Jones at the helm. Taylor Jenkins away from the team last night. In NHL action, it was the Preds 3 in Vegas 2. Vegas wearing their off-gold jerseys, which just don't make any sense. But the black and gold of Vanderbilt NCAA men's action last night, getting the big road win over Arkansas 75-74. We'll talk about that one later. I knew the ding. No calling of the hogs. Knew that was coming. Yeah. In JUCO basketball today, we've got Columbia State at Dyersburg. That's a doubleheader starting at 5.30 with the women's. And NCAA men's basketball action tonight, Alabama is at Florida. That's a 6 p.m. tip on ESPN2. Uh, presumably, you would hear that on WKOM 101.7 FM at 6 p.m. as well on SEC Network. Ole Miss visits Tennessee, and that can be heard on WKRM 103.7. And that's going to do it for today's rundown. Anonymous camel today. Okay. Much well, like camel. last week and hump day. Exactly. It's perfect. <laughs> Unlike last week where we had no humps or two humps, depending on yeah. which way you wanted to look at it. Poor Sally. <laughs> Poor Sally. Mo, today is a big day. Yesterday, Derek Henry's birthday. Today, he is designated to return to practice but remains on the injured reserve list. He's allowed to practice, but he will still be on the injured reserve list. That being said, Derrick Henry on the football field is huge news if you are a fan of the Tennessee Titans. What what would be the perfect scenario for you as far as Derrick Henry coming back? And this is what I said on Twitter earlier, and friend of the show, Joe Rexrode, chastised me a little i said let's treat this like preseason for Derek and give him give him a couple carries give him 10 carries you know 10 12 carries just let him get hit you know Mm -hmm. let's see what it's gonna you know get get his get his legs going get the rust off 
And Joe said, well, he doesn't play in preseason. And I said, <laughs> well, I said, well, 17 carries for 58 yards against Arizona says maybe he should. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I, I don't, a, I don't know what, I don't know what Joe necessarily would have prescribed, but I'm thinking, I don't know. Six to eight carries. Like I said, just enough to get out there to see if the foot is going to be sore or anything like that. And if so, deal with that because I would really like for him to hit that second round game after the Titans get this by with the win over Houston on Sunday, you know, at, at full strength. And, you know, as Mike Vrabel has said today, you know, playing with full confidence in the injury and that kind of thing, I'd like for him to be able to go, excuse me, into that playoff semifinal game with no no doubts that that I'm I'm at 100%. And I think the only way for that to happen is for him to play some Sunday against Houston. Not a lot, just just enough, like you said, to get hit a couple of times, kind of get the kinks out, and just to come back on Monday and see how the foot is going to respond to actual game play. Yeah, a lot of folks saying that the turf at Houston – could be an issue because obviously he hurt his foot on turf and turf is not great for those type of injuries. So I can see where that could be an issue. But that being said, again, I would much rather him find out that it's going to be sore now than Mm -hmm. him practice for two weeks or even three weeks, really two and a half weeks, I guess the next two weeks plus today, but, and expect to play. And then Deontay Foreman expecting to be a backup or, you know, maybe not even expecting to play that kind of thing. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at. I feel like let's just get him some carries. Even if it's six to eight, 10 to 12, doesn't matter. Whatever it is, just let him knock the rust off. And I think Mm -hmm. that would be ideal, but obviously, you know, a couple extra weeks, of rest isn't going to hurt either, but he's going to get that rest either way. Right. I mean, he's going, he doesn't, he's not going to re-break his foot if he goes out there and, and plays. I mean, what you and I saw this, a similar situation with, with Keaton Wade last year, where they just kind of, you know, summit waited until the semifinals to really kind of let him get his feet wet over at Henry County and he was, yeah, (laughs) well, and he was able to just kind of, you know, again, knock the rust off. And then in the championship game, he played the entire game almost on both sides. Right. So, you know, I think just a little bit of, of time on the field is going to help. I think again, Vrabel's talked about it earlier today, the, the opportunity for him to get confidence in the foot I think is going to be big. And I think it's sooner rather than later would be ideal as far as that goes. But, you know, at that time, the Titans got some decisions to make. Yeah. I, in I the think backfield. I think Hilliard ends up being the odd man out, unfortunately, as good as he's been at times. Just because he doesn't have the, the swivel that, Mc, that McNichols has. Basically. He doesn't have the pass blocking capability that McNichols has from that's, that's not from me watching. That's from other people who understand that better than I do. Right. Right. So, 
it's a um I think it's a good problem to have. Having four really good running backs is unusual in this league and a great problem for us to have, no doubt. Uh looking forward to seeing this offense at full strength. So Real quick, got a, about three minutes left, and I have to get to this story because I, I came across it and thought it was hilarious. <laughs> um, former Evansville men's basketball coach Walter McCarty is suing the school, saying he's owed more than $75,000. The lawsuit was filed December 20th and said he's owed a bonus of $48,000, which is is for exceptional fundraising for the 2018-19 season and another amount for 2019-2020 that is undetermined, but about it's supposed to be about the same, give or take. Equal to or greater than. Well, and they're only asking for 75, so they could be asking for 96. Instead, they're just asking for 75. But this is my favorite part. The lawsuit alleges that Evansville fired McCarty because, quote, it could not afford the contractual obligations resulting from Mr. McCarty's success. <laughs> he got fired go. for being too, too good. good. That's, too good. That's, that's amazing. Hey. Um. <laughs> I mean... Apparently, in this contract, he had he got 20% of men's basketball ticket sales and 25% of the fundraising dollars the program raised as an incentive bonus to his base salary. So if he, if he raised funds and had people come into games, then he got part of that money. That's I mean, that, that seems like a good deal for, a, for somewhere like Evansville. After beating the number one team in the nation, garner national publicity for the university and putting the men's basketball program on a winning trajectory, that number I was owed was significant. I never received a dime. As the university's financial struggles recently have become well publicized, it is hard not to not believe the blatant breach of contract and the bleak finances of the university did not contribute to the administration denying me due process in hopes their financial burdens could be solved with a simple settlement. His success of going 20 and 25, by the way. Well, he did Still, beat the beat number Kentucky. one team. Yeah. Beat Kentucky, which, I mean, I guess I can see it. I don't know. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> I mean, at, the, at the same time, um, he was put on leave for violating Title IX, apparently, accusations of sexual misconduct and violations of Evansville's Title IX policy and later fired. So, interesting tenure there for Coach McCarty. Uh, who knows? <laughs> Let's talk to Chris Lee about some Southeastern Conference stuff on the other side of the break. So you guys stick around on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day. we return after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Fast Stop Markets is a full-service, family-owned convenience store chain located in 14 locations throughout Middle and West Tennessee. For those in our listing area, you can find them in Columbia, Centerville, Lawrenceburg, Spring Hill, Dixon, and White Bluff. Fast Stop partners with wholesale fuel brands like Shell, Marathon, and Exxon, delivering a consistent customer experience that is fast, friendly, and clean. It's not already. It will soon become your go-to store to shop in town or on the road. 
Fast Stop Markets is proud to be keeping you moving in Tennessee. Keep your home as comfortable as possible. If you have any issues with your air conditioner, electrical, or plumbing systems, call Lee Company. Our techs use visual findings and other technology tools to add transparency and clarity. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on the roof. We're here 24-7, so if you need us, call us. Lee Company. Call 931-548-4448 today or schedule your appointment at LeeCompany.com. That's LeeCompany.com. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Covering the teams you care about, it's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Once again, live from the Lee Company studio with the Hall of Famer Mo Patton, here's Chris Yao. Hey, welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today on this Wednesday edition presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We are live from the Lee Company studio and glad to have you with us here on this hump day edition. Wild and wacky Wednesday. Weirdest and wildest news from across the world coming at you in the final segment of the day, so stick around for that. It's always a lot of fun. The wild and wacky continues in the Southeastern Conference. Hoops world, no. A lot of folks surprised with how LSU has, well, they were 12-0 and before losing their conference opener. And a lot of folks thought they were, a, you know, what some might call undefeated on paper <laughs> because especially what they were playing against. But, um, Last night, though, something I don't think a lot of people expected, and that was for Arkansas to lose for the first time in 16 games at uh, at their home arena. And Vanderbilt taking them down despite having a couple of guys foul out. So, including Scottie Pippen Jr. After he missed a dunk and then got called for a foul on the rebound try. That's rough. So, you know, the the SEC basketball schedule and season is about to really heat up because there are about eight teams who could really be in the hunt for uh, the top two seeds. So, looking forward to it. But to talk about it, let's uh, go to someone with a little more knowledge than we, Mo. Let's let's visit with Southeastern14.com's Chris Lee. Chris, welcome in. What's going on, man? Good afternoon. It was a really fun night in SEC basketball last night. You know, you mentioned some of the endings. You know, Vanderbilt had a, had a good one, but there were about three of them across the league in the four games last night. And hopefully that's going to point to a really fun regular season, which I suspect we're going to have. 
Yeah, that was exactly what, you know, we were talking um, about just how much parity there is in the SEC this year. It just feels like it's it, it could be anybody at any point, you know, getting a win on the road in conference play, and that's not something you expect, you know, before the season yeah, started. Everybody got- thought it was Alabama. You've got some really good teams. I think you've got Auburn at the top. To me, it looks like a Final Four team. They've got all the parts. And they haven't even had them all together much of the year. Alabama has struggled at times, but is very talented. Tennessee's very talented. Uh, Kentucky's very talented, although maybe some health issues there after last night. Um, and Arkansas, I don't know what they are right now. Uh, struggling for sure, but a talented team. If the state's talented, Vandy, you know, if, if the dominoes fall right, could, could maybe sneak into the NCAA season. Texas A&M, not a lot of people are talking about those guys. Uh, they they went and got one on the road last night, uh, and I think they're 12-2. and two. I think there's a lot of good to great teams in this league, and I think that's going to make it very interesting uh, really throughout the whole season because I, I think the schedule of league games, this year, there's barely going to be a Tuesday or Wednesday that you can tune in uh, that there won't be something compelling to watch. You know, and having said that, Chris, you know, you you talked about going on the road and getting wins, and and when you can go on the road in the SEC and get one, you know, regardless of who the team is, it just feels bigger. And again, for Vanderbilt to go over to Bud Walton and come out with a win against this Arkansas team, it, it just – would this qualify as Stackhouse's, um, I don't know, signature victory to this point? No, I think it was actually the one before that. BYU right now, if the tournament were picked, uh, I, I think BYU would be in the field and probably pretty easily unless something changed in the last couple of days. You know, Arkansas, as of this morning, I think was 94 in the net. So Arkansas's got a lot of work to do, and they'll certainly have an opportunity. But, look, that, that aside, the optics of that aside, look, not a lot of teams go to Fayetteville and win. And Vanderbilt hasn't done that in a long time. And Arkansas is a talented team. It's a more talented team than Vanderbilt. So, you know, I think throw the metrics aside for a while, uh, you know, they got two different, two pretty good wins there in different ways. One, because BYU is a tournament team. Another, because Arkansas is a team that knows how to win in its, in its building, and Vanderbilt hasn't done a lot of that in recent years. So I, I think, however you slice it, those were two pretty significant wins for Jerry Stackhouse, and certainly he has not put together two back-to-back games like this in his three years here, and again, I think that was significant. It's always it's always big to get those wins, especially when you know it's those those classics or whatever out in the middle of nowhere or Hawaii. <laughs> it's always it's always nice to get those, but sometimes you also think, you know, what what did you really get from that? You know, did you get the, your opponent's best game? Did they get your best game? Or maybe it was equal on the floor? So yeah, I, I feel like you know a road win in the SEC, especially at Arkansas, is a big deal. And this team, it, it doesn't get, you know, a whole lot easier over the next week. But uh, I guess, you know, if you're going to have to go to some places, going to Georgia 
And like you said, Texas A&M goes in and gets a win last night. You know, it, it, if you're going to get Georgia now, getting them on the road is probably not so bad. Um, is is Vanderbilt in the bottom third of this conference, or do they really have a shot to be in you know in the conversation for you know, those mid tier seeds when the conference tournament player arrives? I think they're right on the border between. Well, look, I'll start at the bottom. Georgia's the worst team in the league. Uh, then Missouri after that. Uh, then probably Ole Miss. I think right now that's your twelve. 13, 14, probably in, in that order with Ole Miss being 12. From there, you've kind of got a scramble where I think you've got South Carolina, which probably actually is, is 11. I would say that. Then you've got probably Vandy and A&M and Arkansas fighting for those 8, 9, 10, somewhere in there. Uh, you know, you could see Florida drop down in that range, too, because I don't really know what the Gators are. Uh, you've seen very different results. Florida's got who believes better wins out of conference and also probably a sports loss at the same time. So I would say you're probably looking at Vandy in that range of maybe seven to nine. I, I'm probably leaning more toward the nine than I am the seven, but that's, that's probably right about where they are for now. Uh, and if they can get Liam Robbins healthy, then I think they've got a shot to, to jump to the, the upper part of that group. Uh, but I think, well, you, you go you go those other six teams, and that's when you start getting to some really good talent. But, you know, it's progress for a team that, that hasn't made much in a few years. And I think that, you know, knowing that they've been banged up, knowing that Liam Robbins has been out, knowing that they had he and, and three other guys that would have played minutes last night who couldn't play because of injury, um, I, I think it's really significant progress where they have placed themselves at the moment. So with that said, Chris, then – of this next three games that Vanderbilt has coming up Saturday against visiting South Carolina um, next week against Kentucky and at Georgia, they need to win two of these next three then basically just to, um, you know, kind of keep themselves in that conversation in terms of the upper half of the league then. Is that fair to say? Yeah. And, and I think, you know, look, this is a program that hasn't caught a break in about five years. It's, it's been everything under the sun that has happened to them. And they finally made their own last night. You could say, well, Arkansas is not playing like Arkansas can. And I would agree with that. But it's still not an easy building to win. Now you look up, you've got a very winnable game at home against South Carolina on Saturday. You catch Kentucky next week. Kentucky, I don't think, has won away from home yet this year. Really has not played much of the schedule. In fact, they were, I think, 330 in Ken Palm strength of schedule going into last night, uh, lost at Notre Dame. That may be the only road game they've played. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't have it in front of me right now. But the point is, uh, Kentucky has not been tested on the road yet or has not won on the road yet that, that I remember. And Kentucky also got Sabir Wheeler hurt last night who's their point guard. Uh, and that probably changed the game once he was out. I don't know what his availability will be for next week. Uh, but it looked like a shoulder issue to me, and those things sometimes can take a couple weeks. He didn't come back after he got hurt four minutes in. Then they've got uh, another winnable game. I think that's at Georgia, like you guys said. So, look, crazier things have probably happened. I wouldn't, I wouldn't predict that they're going to go 0-4, but I think it's on the table. Um, and certainly, again, 
the schedule helps you out there. You're catching Arkansas at the right time. Maybe you're catching Kentucky at a better time. And you got two very winnable games in between. But sometimes that's what you need to get your confidence. And they've certainly got an opportunity in front of them with that schedule. Yeah, Kentucky has not won on the road. They've, they've played twice on the road and lost both times. So there you go. I, I mean, it's not like Memorial's an easy place to play. <laughs> and, and of course, last night, if you, you know, I, I didn't think LSU was very good. I thought LSU was a 12 and 0 team that certainly didn't deserve to be 12 and 0. And they get the win last night against Kentucky at home. So, Perhaps playing away from uh, away from Rupp is not ideal for this particular team. We've seen we've seen mental issues from Cal's teams in the past, so who knows? Uh, tonight, Chris, we have a uh, we have a couple of games, and that that includes Tennessee and Ole Miss at at Thompson Bowling Arena. This Ole Miss team is as weird as almost anybody as well. You know, you, you talked about them being in that lower half as well. So what what is it about this Ole Miss team that that doesn't make you scared to see them? I think you look at them and you're not always sure where the offense comes from. This could be one of those nights that you look up and at the end of it, Ole Miss is held under 50, especially the way Tennessee can defend. You know, Kermit Davis, I, I think, is a really good coach, as you guys know. And his teams always get after on the defensive end. That'll be the case again tonight. But I think recruiting, you know, superstar offensive talent in his system has been an issue. I, I think it's probably a little bit harder to do it at Ole Miss than it is at most of the schools around the league. I just don't know that Ole Miss has got the, the guns to go in Knoxville and win, especially when Tennessee can defend you the way it can. I, I don't know where they are today, but they've been either number one or number two in Kim Palm's adjusted defensive efficiency. LSU, by the way, being the team that they've alternated with. But I think that's the problem with Ole Miss, is just where do the buckets come from? And I, and I think it's interesting, Chris, because um, Kermit's first handful of years at Middle Tennessee State didn't set the woods on fire either. He kind of grew into the success that they had you know, later in his tenure there. And it looks like to some degree what's going on at Ole Miss is kind of mirroring that, but it's at a higher profile program. And you have to wonder if he's going to get the time at Ole Miss that he got at MTSU for that program to become what it was before he left. Yeah, I hope that he does. You know, the the interesting thing is that, that Ole Miss just fired a guy before him in terms of wins and losses who've been about as good as they'd had for an extended period of time, right? I mean, I think back to Ole Miss basketball and Rod Barnes put a couple of years together, but that didn't really last. And he was an alum and should have been a fit. And I think Andy Kennedy, you know, that the peak there was never uh, great, but but they were always in that probably eight to 10 range Mm -hmm. in the league every year in terms of wins. I guess that wasn't probably appreciated as, as much as they thought. You saw this here at Vanderbilt, where you, you get in a range where you're fairly good or decent all the time, and people see that as the floor of your program uh, rather than maybe close to your ceiling, which, frankly, is probably the way it is at Ole Miss. I don't know 
how that'll go for him. I get the feeling that the fans are getting a little restless with him and feel like they should be doing better. Uh, but but I hope he gets some time because I, I think that they're going to have a hard time finding a much better coach uh, than, than he is. And, and frankly, they they got rid of a pretty good one in Andy Kennedy too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you know it hasn't gone better for them yet. But I, I think Kermit. No, I, I saw his work up close at middle, and I just think he did a tremendous job. And, and maybe you're right. Maybe they just need some time because it's a brutal league, but he's, he's done a pretty good job there in my estimation. Well, Mo, it's the same thing we always hear. Mm-hmm. We talk about it all the time. Ole Miss has a pretty big false sense of self-worth, so wouldn't surprise us if, if he had to go, but – it is what it is. Chris Lee of southeastern14.com. Chris, thanks so much for taking some time with us. We always appreciate it. Thank you, guys. All right. When we come back, we'll go backwards. Let's talk high school hoops on the other side. So stick around. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day returns. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Fast Stop Markets is a full-service, family-owned convenience store chain located in 14 locations throughout Middle and West Tennessee. For those in our listing area, you can find them in Columbia, Centerville, Lawrenceburg, Spring Hill, Dixon, and White Bluff. Fast Stop partners with wholesale fuel brands like Shell, Marathon, and Exxon, delivering a consistent customer experience that is fast, friendly, and clean. If it's not already, it will soon become your go-to store to shop in town or on the road. Fast Stop Markets is proud to be keeping you moving in Tennessee. Keep your home as comfortable as possible. If you have any issues with your air conditioner, electrical, or plumbing systems, call Lee Company. Our techs use visual findings and other technology tools to add transparency and clarity. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on the roof. We're here 24-7, so if you need us, call us. Lee Company, call 931-548-4448 today or schedule your appointment at LeeCompany.com. That's LeeCompany.com. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Local sports talk you'll only find here. It's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Live from the Lee Company studio with the Hall of Famer Mo Patton, here's Chris Yow. Welcome back in Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Ball and Joint, and we are talking about high school hoops in this segment, Mo. Okay. Looking forward to it because had a couple of really good games last night, and... Some great stories, of course, on 
MainStreetMurray.com, MainStreetPreps.com. Always, always the best place to get that information. No question. Most comprehensive and complete timely. coverage and timely. And, and timely. So. Timely coverage of area high school goings on. News, sports. I mean, sports news, for that matter. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. Last night, you got a chance to go see Columbia Central as they uh, returned to the hardwood after a bit of a layoff and didn't seem to affect the Lions too much with an 84-76 win over Oakland. Yeah, a bit of a layoff. And, and as you recall, Chris, a pretty tumultuous run-up to the layoff with the practice injuries sustained by Omari Franklin, who is still out with that um, trachea injury, and Bubba Perkins, who sustained a concussion when the two of them collided in practice um, right before the holiday break. And um, and then this team been off for a couple of weeks going into last night's game. Their last game had been over at Riverdale on December 21st, so had not been on the floor competitively for exactly two weeks. And and like you said, didn't seem to affect them in that 84-76 win over Oakland. Um, of course, it helps when Q Martin goes out and gets 33. But they they really looked like they were clicking on all cylinders last night. So, well, you fun know, watch. It's there's one thing about this Columbia Central team is as much equality as there is across, you know, talent wise across the board. They still have a guy like Hugh Martin, who, when you know you need something, he he has the ability to give you that spark and he's definitely the go-to guy in those situations. And having a guy like that is invaluable at the high school level, especially at the 4A level. I think it is, you know, because he, he's a guy who you feel like can go get you a basket when you need one, but he doesn't have to do that every time out he doesn't feel like he has to do that and i think that's one of the keys to this team is is you know nick campbell has said on a couple of occasions the team chemistry with this team they they don't care who's scoring uh, and it it's more than likely going to be q but it doesn't have to be q and particularly in his mind it doesn't have to be q and so I think that's what makes them so special. They have some other guys. You know, last night, Bubba Perkins goes out and gets 13. Malachi Horton comes off the bench and gets 13. But, you know, you have a number of different options offensively on this team, even with Omari Franklin out. You've still got some guys that can score. But um, at the same time, when, when the momentum seems to be getting away from this Columbia Central team, Q can do something to get it turned back in in their direction, it feels like. And and I think that was a big key for them last night. They got up as much as 18, and all of a sudden they're in a tie ball game. And then he, you know, just kind of stabilized things for them down the stretch. And 
not only did he score 33, but a big reason he scored 33 was that he was 13 or 14 from the free throw line. Yeah, I I noticed that in the story. I thought, well, that's one way to uh, extend the lead is not miss free throws. I mean, that that's two things that high school coaches will tell you, and that's, you know, rebound and make your free throws, and you'll win most of every game. I mean, that's just how – it's how basketball works for one, but especially at the high school level. So, yeah, and and when the guy that's going to be handling the ball for you the most can get to the line and make you pay for putting him on the line, that's a big deal. No question there. Um, which kind of segues into another local team who has that ability and that's Santa Fe who had a big win last night over Perry County at home. Auden Slaughter with 34, Andy with 20. That's, that's kind of how it works for them specifically. You know, this team, I'm, I'm, I don't know when they play Richland in district play, but, that's going to be a game to keep an eye on, I think, because I, I feel like they have got to be the the top two teams in that district. And like you said, with, with Alton Slaughter and with Andy Slaughter and with Tyrell Randolph and with Trey Luna, um, you, you've got some guys that, that can put the ball in the basket. And, you know, with the focus that Richland puts on defense, uh, I think that's going to be a whale of a game, both those games. And so we might have to flip over who goes to those. But, but yeah, this this Santa Fe team is playing really well right now. Mo, I, I, I don't know off the top of my head, but for some reason I feel like that game is Friday night. I'm going to take a look and see here. Mm. Um, Surely not. I was uh, – Kalioka is at Santa Fe on Friday. Oh, okay. Don't scare me like that. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm, I, I was planning Still to go to Santa Still a good ball game. I was planning to go to Santa Fe on Friday night. That's why I was thinking, well, maybe it's Friday night. <laughs> but it's Kalioka okay. and, and the Wildcats. But even still, that will be a really good basketball game as well. You know, it this, will. And you were talking about, obviously, some of the better players in the area. And you, you and I have – talked about guys like Trey Luna, who was a big part of that Richland run to the state finals last year. And then, of course, Jet Montgomery, who had 40 last night in the loss to Fairview. Auden Slaughter ranks third in our area in points per game with 23, uh, 23.3 per game behind Gavin Burleson and Jet Montgomery. Obviously, both of those averages will go up just a, at least a hair mm-hmm. uh, before <laughs> before the next time out. So I'm just I don't think people realize the le- the talent level that really sits in Southern Middle Tennessee, particularly in in the boys' side of basketball. I mean, Summertown, Loretto, Richland, Columbia, Santa Fe. Independence and Summit, all very good basketball teams. And you didn't even mention Columbia Academy. Uh, exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, 
it's it's incredible to think about the level of talent that on any given night you can go to any gym within a 30-mile radius and see a really good basketball game full of talented kids. And the thing is, you know, you, we're talking about potential inclement weather this weekend. Murray Here's County the, schools have been closed, by the way. Till Just, when? Yeah, they, they, they've announced that tomorrow they will be closed. So tomorrow I assume that means that all extracurriculars will also be postponed. Yeah. Well, um, if that if that runs over into Friday, here here's the schedule for Friday. Collinwood at Hampshire, Columbia Academy at Grace Christian of Franklin, Columbia Central at Page, Kalioka at Santa Fe, Fairview at Spring Hill, FC Boyd at Zion Christian, Independence at Summit, Richland at Wayne County, and Summertown at Lawrence County. That's Friday's slate. There are at least four games maybe more on that list that, you know, if you're just a basketball junkie, you're kind of hurt that, that they're not going to come off on Friday night, that you're not going to be able to get to them. And like you said, that Kalioka Santa Fe game, is going to be a really good one. I'm really looking forward to this independent summit game. Should it be played, you know, summit coming off that tough loss last night to Franklin and independence losing over at Fairview, but both of them having a pretty good week last week. And of course, Summertown and Lawrence County, those two have the two guys teams have split games already this year with um, Lawrence County winning at Summertown and Summertown beating them over at Richland. So interesting stuff already. On the girls' side, you know, pretty good. Obviously, you've got Miss Basketball Carly Weathers down at Loretto, but. You know, Katie Burdett at Summertown. You've got Maddie Lewis, who plays at Columbia Academy, who's definitely one of the better basketball players in this area. And, you know, we don't talk enough about, you know, we talked about Sierra Stedman quite a bit last year. Her sister, Prairie, leads the area in points per game with 22.5 points a game. Really impressive, you know, what Spring Hill has been able to do over the last couple of years since those two sisters came to the program. And it, it has elevated a lot of other programs in this area as well because, I mean, you have to play against the good talent, and that's where you see the increase in talent other places. You mentioned Katie Burdett. Scored 29 points in um, Summertown's um, 58-55 loss over at Creekwood on Monday night, including a three-pointer. Would have loved to have seen that Katie Burdett stepping away and knocking down a three, <laughs> um, because she's such a low post presence for them. So um, that, that they like to like- bang it in there to her. Oh, I mean, they they will do whatever it takes to get her the ball on the block. Yeah, and and she's she knows what to do with it when she gets it down there too. So that they're fun to watch. And again, unless she's unless she's at. Uh, Richland, and they call traveling like five times on her in the first quarter. <laughs> she was very angry because I, I don't know that she was traveling, but it, it it certainly looked awkward. And sometimes when you get awkward steps on the block, you get called for that kind of stuff. It's just interesting. I asked her, asked her after the one of the games, I said, did you pack your suitcase for all that traveling you did? <laughs> nice. Oh, nice. man. Um, Columbia Academy with a big win on the road last night, that 52-45 win up at Franklin Road Academy. Maddie Lewis with 15 in that one. Um, 
Avery Slaughter and Carly Quillen with 11 each. And nice coverage of that doubleheader by former Spring Hill two sports standout Landon Seacrest. You can find that on our website at MainStreetMurray.com as well. Um, nice to have Landon working with us. Freshman yeah, I, down at Belmont now and an aspiring journalist. And we're going to try to show him why this isn't what he wants to do for a career. <laughs> well, it depends on, it depends on where you end up, you know, <laughs> no, it, it can Landon be worse. A, it can be bad. He does a really good job and um, has a really great attitude about it has, and is really creating a base of knowledge for himself on a lot of different fronts. So I'm, I'm excited to have him doing some stuff for us. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Columbia Academy getting that win last night at Franklin road Academy, 58, 55 and overtime on the boys side, the girls with that 52, 45 win as well. That's, it's got to feel good for that team, you know, coming off of some, not so great performances so it's uh it's always good to get back in the into the swing of the winning mo oh yeah yeah winning always helps winning cures a lot of things as uh mike grable said on his show last night i I watched a little bit of the mike grable show with mike keith and so he said winning cures all so When we come back, we've got special guest Pete Weber joining us to talk about the division-leading, league-leading Nashville Predators. So stick around. It's going to be a lot of fun on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today. We'll be right back after this. (laughs) 